You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 172. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 172. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Baby doll. Press play. It's recording. Let's do this. (laughs) Please do not boss me around. I am... Was that bossing you around? Do not. I'm just being emphatic. I'm not trying to boss you around. You just calm down. Don't make me put the chain back on you. Ew! (laughs) I'm going to use our safe word. Oh, oh, we're recording. Hey, guys. Your safe word is harder. (laughs) I was telling telling some friends that the other day, and they were like, this is TMI. And I'm like, we're joking. We're joking. (laughs) We don't really have a safe word. So, you know. We probably should. Do you? Probably establish a safe word. We Ju- need, you know what? We just need, for safety. If, for safety first. We need a safe, you know what we need a safe word for? What's that? We need a safe word for when I get a little too ranty when I've had a, a drink or two and this I want to talk about like politics. And we do need one of those. We need you. a safe, I mean, we had, remember we had a safe word when I was getting ranty about the child free by choice yes, uh, that's episode, right. you know? And our, our, our safe word was banana. <laughs> Just random. Can you imagine we're out to dinner and you're like, banana! Banana! <laughs> I think we got some comments on that, actually. Everybody oh, was my, like, yeah, I love so, your safe word. Somebody wrote into the show and was like, banana! Um, <laughs> but anyway, welcome, everybody. We've got a rad topic for you today. We've talked about it briefly in, in various contexts, but I believe that this as its own topic will be pretty powerful for people. And this, we're going to talk all about vulnerability today. Why we're kind of conditioned and trained to be terrified of it and why it's imperative to our growth, why we actually need it and how to actually go about achieving it or becoming more vulnerable. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That sounds amazing. And I know you've had some experiences. Taco about it. Taco about it. I know you've had some, some things that you can share that have been helpful in your own work when you embody vulnerability no that's too vulnerable <laughs> Ooh, too soon too soon but uh so of course we need to give you a little mic time though baby doll oh yeah would you rather <clears throat> yes two days would you rather is brought to you by no um would you the rather the letter k <laughs> and the number four <laughs> would would you rather be the most popular person in high school mm. or the smartest person in high school? Ooh, I would. I think I'd go with smartest. I think in hindsight, everyone would say smartest because most of you know the popular kid in school didn't do very well once they got out. Well, most times. I'm not saying that's just not, generally yeah, speaking. Not, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the trajectory, right? Right. Like the most popular usually thinks they can ride that after high school and really don't doesn't work out yeah but smart like you can't really put works obviously like smart's cool now 
you know, but back when I was in high school, smart wasn't cool. It wasn't cool, no. which is crazy. I know. It's kind of dumb. But in but, hindsight, I'd rather be the smartest. But in school, I, I wasn't very popular at first. Aww. So I got into sports, which really helped me get popular. So I think in high school, I wanted to be the most popular. But in now, hindsight, I'd be the smartest. Right, because it's not like you can put prom king or queen on your resume. Well, you could. <laughs> I don't know how far it would get. You. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, for, I I'm the same way. I wasn't I wasn't really like super popular at all in high school. I was. Maybe that's how the Burger King guy got his job. He put prom king, and maybe he put like mascot. Prom king mascot <laughs> on his resume. But the mascot was usually the funny person. That's true. You know, it wasn't like the... That's the jokester. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They're the class clown. Sure. That's interesting how we all kind of have that. But I, I went to a small private school, so we had kind of an interesting dynamic in that regard. So I was friends with everybody. Like, I was friends with kind of like the drama choir people, you know, a little bit dorky or nerdy. And then I was friends with, like, the jocks and the cheerleaders and stuff like that. But my kind of intimate group of friends, we were kind of, like, in the middle. Mm-hmm. We weren't. There really was You were the middle child? I was the middle child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feisty as fuck, though. Well, that hasn't changed. I, that has no, not that's, changed that's at all. Yeah. I, I like to push a lot of the boundaries of my Christian upbringing. So, anyway, uh, let's talk about vulnerability, shall we? Let's do it. Let's get vulnerable in this. Let's, in the spe- open up the studio space. Yeah, we're going to ex- explore the studio space. Okay. Really explore the studio space this time. You got it, Bruce. I mean, really. Yeah. Explore the space. <laughs> so, the deal with vulnerability, and, and I think that Brene Brown and her work with shame and vulnerability has brought it a little bit more to the forefront of our vernacular in the self-help community. So I think that those of you out there who are listening, it's probably something you've heard thrown around, whether you follow Brene's work or you've read about it. It's it's kind of a hot button talk, topic in personal development. But I think there's this huge problem with like, wh- what is ex- exactly does that mean? And being vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do I do that? Like if I'm yeah. super guarded and I always have my walls up and I'm always afraid of getting hurt and I have a problem with trust, how do I just all of a sudden become vulnerable? And I really think there is a method to the madness. So I want to kind of share some of the payoff, the reason why I think it's really imperative that we embody this and the how, like what, what, how do I even start doing this, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it definitely warrants talking about the messaging that we receive around vulnerability in our society, and particularly for men. And I think this is really exemplified in how we address emotions, because typically if we are expressing emotion, we're being vulnerable, right? Any type of emotion. We're expressing something that's riveting to our personal being at that moment, whether it's sorrow, whether it's anger, whether it's excitement, gratitude. We're kind of showing all of our colors through our emotions. But a lot of times, especially for little boys, it's always like, don't cry, man up, be strong. But then the messaging that we show around 
emoting to women also is you can't cry in the workplace. You can't uh, be unbridled. You can't be too feminine if you want to get ahead in this man's world. And, in the, you know, you need to embody more masculine characteristics to be successful, you know, as an entrepreneur or in corporate America. I think in business for sure, yeah. In business for sure. But I also think we do a massive disservice to to men, period, by thinking that they're not even capable of tapping into that and then nurturing that as a society. Well, I think there's also a double standard of, <clears throat> I think it's people want men to be vulnerable, but then when they show it, you automatically judge them as weaker. Right. And, right? and then that is... So and that's, that's why, why people build up those boundaries. It's because they I, feel like they're going to be viewed as weak or unstable or untrustworthy or something like that. You know, and, and that's all cyclical. That starts with being told that crying or vulnerability is equivalent to weakness. Right. Instead of what, what I think is that is courage. It is courageous and brave to show who you really are in a society that says you are not allowed to be that. So I'm going to actually put a link in the show notes. There was a video that I came across on oh, Facebook. I remember this. I thought about this. We were talking about this just now. And it's a, it's a, I believe it's a dojo or like martial oh. arts studio. Yeah, it's a little karate studio. Mm -hmm. And it's where they teach the boys how to be with their emotion and to talk through when they start crying, when they're upset, when they're angry, they start, they talk through it. Well, I, I don't think that's what it was. I think it was that he was punching boards and it was hurting his hand. Oh. And he's, he then used that. As it's oh, that's okay how it to started? Cry. Yeah. Oh, I see, I see. He was saying, it's okay for you to cry. Yes, that hurts. But you know what? You're going to still fight through. You're going to get through that board. That's right. Even though it's painful because that's how you become a, a stronger person. That's right. by getting through those. So, yeah, it's a great video. And the, the whole video is <clears throat> about encouraging young boys to feel what they feel. Yeah. That there's no problem with that, despite our society that says there's no room for that. There's no room for that in business. There's no room for that on the playground. There's, you know, like we don't talk to our, even our children about experiencing what they're experiencing. I mean, think about if your child's anxious or scared, we tell them stop. Right. Like don't be that. Instead of telling them like, okay, what is that? What's going on for you? What are right. your thoughts? What are you thinking about? Yeah. Because our, that's where our resiliency comes from. So, Spoiler alert, he breaks the board and everybody applauds. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> um, so I really want to underline this, that we are products of what we've been conditioned. And a lot of times that has to do with your family of origin, with your academic upbringing, your society, workplace, all of those things. Ethnicity, Off, all that plays yeah, in. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. very true. Depending on, on your ethnicity, sometimes different cultures have strong feelings about emotions and vulnerability and strength and what equates weakness. So just take a moment to kind of examine, do you have a very deep-seated belief about what vulnerability means? So oftentimes we'll equate it to weakness, but I think for many of us in our adult life, we equate vulnerability with pain. If I am vulnerable, 
I will get hurt. And oftentimes that's a collection of evidence and memories of times when we were vulnerable and we were shamed or chastised for it, or perhaps we were vulnerable with a lover or a parent and we were severely scathed by that interaction. Right. So what we do psychologically is we take a tally and we go, oh, when I show who I really am, when I share emotions, when I really am transparent, I get hurt. Time to boundary up. So let me start stacking up these walls. Mm -hmm. And then we get to this crazy problem in our adult life where we desire and crave intimacy, whether it's from our families, oftentimes from our spouses, our children, and our friendships. And we go, why can't I have these rich, deep, intimate connections? And it's because you have to be vulnerable in order to have that. So... This is something that I've always said very, very emphatically is that the amount of intimacy you experience in your relationship is directly proportional to how vulnerable you are willing to be. That's period. That's so, powerful, yeah. So if it's you're true too. if you're in so a true. relationship and you think, I just want more intimacy, you know, I really want to connect to him or connect to her. But I'm not really, really willing to tell him that or share what's going on with me or say how I feel. And you just have all these walls built up and you expect that other person to magically be vulnerable with you. You're going to wait a fucking lifetime. You know, from a from a male perspective or from a man's perspective, um, I think there's also a level of when you... You, you're brought up to be a stable, grounded um, provider mm-hmm. for your family. Right. And when you show those kinds of emotions, it is misconstrued as instability or if they don't know where they're going with this, then where am I going or, you know, things like that. So there, there's a level of not not wanting to show that there's emotion because they feel that they'll let down the mm-hmm. people that depend on them if they do. Right. Well, I think that we see that a lot with women too. In, oh, sure. Um, yeah. In if, if you have been branded the strong one. Right. In your family. Like maybe you're the person who always, I'm this one in my family. I'm the one who orchestrates all family get-togethers. Go figure. You know, it's the, even when I've tried to step out of that role, it tends to be where <laughs> I where I go, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know for a lot of other people, they find that if they're hurting and they need the support of their family and they are the, quote, strong one, and in my coaching, I call this being branded, whether it's you are you brand yourself or you step into that role, you start living into it or you become really, really resentful of it. And so then it creates this really challenging obstacle for you where you go, but I can't be vulnerable. I'm the strong one. Yes. But I can't have a breakdown because I'm the one who always keeps it together. What on earth will happen to all these people who depend on me to keep it together 
if mm-hmm. I don't. But mm-hmm. what we don't realize is that most of the time, those people are dying to support us back. We're just not letting them. That's true. That's exactly right. They're, and that's my that's the point I was trying to get to with what I was saying. I just wasn't being very articulate. No, I think it's great. I think I think that's a really, really great point. So what I want you to understand as we go through this is that the trade-off for vulnerability, because nobody's going to just venture into something that they equate with pain or weakness. Nobody's going to be like, okay, let me just try vulnerability if it doesn't seem like there's any good result. So what I want you to understand is vulnerability is the path to intimacy, period. You cannot have intimacy of any kind with relationships, friendships, children, parents, anyone without vulnerability. It, they are absolutely equivalent to one another. And so if you are, you know, you've got a certain level of walls up, you experience that level of intimacy. So true. If you have higher walls up, you have that much of a surface relationship. It is just how it goes. So what I would love for you to do is to start dissecting what is your relationship to vulnerability. And if you're a journaler, this would be great for you to just say, how do, what is my gut instinct? How do I feel about that word vulnerable? And see if one of those really prevailing concepts of either it equates weakness or it equates pain. Those are two very common ones. See if that comes up or is there something else? Because if you are, and this is really for those of you who want rich relationships, who want a rich marriage, who want really kindred relationships with friendships or your children or your parents, you have to figure out what that obstacle is in your way. And usually it's some sort of belief around what vulnerability means in your world. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. get that pen to paper and just unpack that a little bit or have a vulnerable conversation with somebody you trust about vulnerability. You know what I mean? I mean, that can be a first step. It has to be somebody you trust. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in a second. About how do we actually start? Like, what 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 is that? Like, how do I just become vulnerable? If Especially if you're used to being guarded. You're yeah. used to having walls up. And I'm not going to ask you to all of a sudden start bawling your eyes out in front of every Tom, Dick, and Harry. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about if you want those rich connections and those that intimacy with people in your life, then this is the piece that needs to shift. And that's up to you. Because there's this other thing that we do a lot, especially in intimate partnerships like marriage, is we think, I'm going to, I'll meet them in that vulnerable place as soon as they do it first. Isn't that the truth? So we keep, so. <clears throat> that's true with a lot of things. So in, uh, in psychology, a lot of times they'll call it stonewalling, where you just keep, you both keep your walls up completely and you expect the other person to start. And so you walk around like kind of at odds, like with these two walls built up and asking and demanding from that other person to be what you are not willing to be. It's wildly unfair. It's wildly unfair. And I'm actually going to put a link to the podcast that you and I, we did a two-part series on some of the components that that have really contributed to our relationship that span nearly two decades. And one of the key things that we talk about in that is our ability to be really, truly vulnerable with each other. Yeah. And it is scary as all shit. 
because, you know, we have said many times that the reason we love as richly and as deeply and we are hashtag relationship goals to you on Instagram (laughs) is the same reason that we could destroy each other in a heartbeat because we are in that deep. We are not guarded. We are not safe. So there's a huge element of risk there. You know what's ironic, though, is there's safety in that. Right. That's exactly right. Being feeling of unsafe is actually safe because you know that you can bring things to somebody and they're not going to put up their wall against you or hit you back. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. So when you say things like, oh my gosh, you know, you guys are, because we hear that a lot. I mean, I see that a lot, a lot, especially the traction we got from that particular, those two episodes. People were just like, oh my God, I respect you guys. I want that. I really crave that. And I cannot underscore enough that you have to become vulnerable with that person. But it's imperative that it's the right person. Imperative. Yeah, um, and that's, I'm gonna, that's very true. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But if you're interested in those particular, those two pods, um, I'll link in the show notes, which you can find at thejoyjunkie.com slash 172. And I think I failed to mention, this is something that I work with my clients a lot on. And I do have right now, did I already talk about that I have a couple of spots available for no. one-on-one? No. I don't take a tremendous amount of one-on-one clients because I love group classes. So I, I keep them very limited on... Because, I mean, that's time for money, right? It's like yeah. it's very time-consuming to work with a substantial amount of clients. But I do have a very systemized, step-by-step process, 12-week kind of systemized program that I take people through where we look at this stuff. You know, the stuff like I was talking about earlier, your brand. You know, were you always the strong one? Are you the one who keeps everything together? Are you the the entrepreneurial one? Are you the whatever? And is it a brand that you like Or is it a brand that you need to distance yourself from, you know, that pisses you off when people refer to you in that way? And I mean, that's just a small piece of the identity work that we that we do. But if you're listening to this stuff or you've listened to the pod and you go, my God, fear paralyzes me or I do have this deep seated belief that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough then cruise over to thejoyjunkie.com slash coaching. That is my one-on-one page. You can read through all of my client experiences and just see if it's something that you vibe with. And and if you like, there's a, a spot at the bottom where we can book a consult and just kind of chat and see where you're at. Perfect. Perfect. So, so let's get nice back. plug, babe. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just uh, I don't talk about my one-on-one stuff very often. That's be- true. Because I don't mm-hmm. often have space. Right. Because I take such few of them each year. But uh, if it, and it's very intimate, like one of the things I love, it, you know, it's vulnerable. It's fucking vulnerable. But one of the things I love so much is that pretty much all of my clients, one-on-one, we hang up the phone and we say, "I love you." Like it is radically intimate yeah you know and it's there's nothing and that's why I have a coach myself who I also say I love you too and she says I love you to me because I need that person in my corner I need that time where I am safe period you know speaking of safety and vulnerability all right so let's talk about well how do I do this how do I actually start venturing into becoming vulnerable well the first thing is is i want you to unpack like i talked about earlier whether it's through journaling or a discussion or just thinking i really think it's helpful to get it out on paper or speak it 
It has to come out of your body. Right. You need to get it out of there. Otherwise, it becomes extremely convoluted. So you need to analyze your relationship with vulnerability first. Then you really want to make sure that you're being vulnerable with the right people. So I'm not talking about all of a sudden you tell your boss everything or you tell your even your spouse everything yeah. about how you're feeling or your parents. Or I love to say, speak your truth into ears that can hear you. Not everybody can hear you. Not everybody is willing to hear you or has the capacity to hear you. So especially if you are boundaryed up and guarded and walls up and, and terrified of really being seen for who you are, get extremely selective about who you are going to start taking baby steps with. And if it's just one person, start there. I don't care what you do, but if you are craving intimacy, the, these are your tasks. Mm -hmm. These are the things you must work on because it's not going to happen if you just expect them to be vulnerable back. Yeah. So vulnerability breeds vulnerability. So when somebody comes to you and is extremely uh, apologetic about something and they're being really vulnerable and in, in saying something, it's way more likely that you'll meet that vulnerability and say, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. Right. But if they're stoic and they never apologize, it's more likely that you're going to be stoic and you're going to be guarded. I, I had a situation like that. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, I was teaching a class and um, one of my students was working on a guy that is just brilliant, super smart guy, like rocket science. Type of dude, like right? literally rockets, literally, yeah. Um, and he was, you know, building these huge engine turbines and fuel efficiency, you know, just crazy stuff that he was doing. And I felt, you know, uh, and I didn't realize this at first, but I felt intimidated by that mm -hmm. brilliance that he had, yeah, because I consider myself a fairly smart person, but. Mm -hmm. When he came out, I was like, oh, I'm not nearly as smart as I think I am, right? So I started to talk to my student over their head. Yeah. I started, you know, really like trying to put it all out there. You're showing off. To impress this guy that I'm good at what I do. Right. And it no longer became <clears throat> about them learning. And it wasn't about them learning or the person that was on the table receiving the bodywork. Yeah. It was about my ego. Yep. So after a, a few minutes of, you know, going around the class and everything, after the session had ended and um, we kind of all gather around and talk about the body work and what we debrief. could have done better. Yeah, debrief. I apologized to her. I said, you know, I felt intimidated by him and how smart he was and I was trying to impress him and I apologize because it went over your head and I saw it go over your head and I let that go. Mm-hmm. And I made you feel like you weren't good enough for that person at the moment. Right. So I wanted to apologize for that and tell you that I will never do that again. Yeah. And um, she really thanked me for that. Mm -hmm. She said, I really appreciate that you were um, evolved enough to see that, yeah. first of all. Yeah. And second of all, you were um, courageous enough to say it to me. Right. Right. And... She said, I'll, I don't get it. And I, I 
felt at that moment like I was uh, what's the incompetent. Word she incompetent or un, uh, just not grasping. not good enough for this work. Not reaching what I needed to be reaching at that moment. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that's what's interesting is had you not apologized and had you just said like, okay, let's talk about the session. The likelihood of her being vulnerable enough to say, I don't get this work after she already felt stupid is Mm -hmm. extremely unlikely. She probably would try to, again, waltz in with an ego, pretend she had her shit straight. But your act of vulnerability allowed her to meet your vulnerability. Now, that doesn't always happen. Not always, no. Now, there are going to be people in your life, this is why the first item of business is to make sure it's the right person, (laughs) or where the stakes aren't so damn high. You know what I mean? Uh, So, you know, with, with a student like that, if she didn't meet your vulnerability, you wouldn't be devastated, you know, the... Well, the way it would the, be with maybe with a family member. The fear of not saying it was that if I well, the fear of saying it was that if I did tell her, she would think I'm paying for this class and this guy, you know, doesn't know what he's doing or it, you know, doesn't know how to teach me or you know, whatever my story was in my head. But I just didn't want her to think that I didn't have her in my in her in yeah. my best interest. That's right. That's right. So there's a couple of things that I think were was incredible about what you did. And when I talk about starting with baby steps, this is what I'm talking about, is expressing emotion. And one of the easiest ways to do that, and, and when I say expressing emotion, is talking about how you feel. And one of the easiest avenues is to own your shit, is to simply apologize. Anything that eats at you, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have taught that class that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, you know, I'm a, and I've done this a ton of times where I wasn't happy with how I showed up. And so I went and cleaned it up and apologized by being vulnerable. And they were like, oh, I didn't even get that. But I was, which is fine, but it was an act of vulnerability for me to own my shit. And that's exactly what happened. That made you a better instructor, a better husband, a better uh, friend, everything, because you are practicing relinquishing that ego and actually stepping into vulnerability. And you can very easily do that with apologies. So baby step watch yourself and and i'm not talking about apologizing for shit when you didn't do anything wrong or you're totally at peace with your own behavior i'm talking about really owning your shit when you're embarrassed of how you behaved when you are not happy with what you said or did and you are terrified of actually being vulnerable and saying that to somebody else yeah that's when you need to do it mm-hmm. okay very different Scenario than somebody being mad at you because of your, your political stance. You don't have anything to apologize for unless you conducted yourself in a way in which you're not proud. But that's one of the easiest ways. I mean, that is extremely vulnerable, to, and especially in marital relationships. Sure. And one of the easiest things that you can start apologizing for is how you said something. Not necessarily what. Because, you you know, a lot of times we feel very validated in what we're demanding from our spouse or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But oftentimes it's how we said it. And to say, hey, 
that was really uncool of how I delivered that, you know? And you've done that before. Like one time you gave me shit about singing or something like that because I don't exactly sing really well. And, <laughs> and you came to me later and you said, I really should not have said that to you. And I didn't think anything of it at all. But from a vulnerable place, you said, and I will never forget that act of vulnerability. I the, hmm. I couldn't tell you what you said to me about my singing or what that scenario was, but I'll never forget you owning your shit and coming to me and saying, I should never put that sort of feeling on you. I should never inflict you with that. Right. And that is vulnerability. It's as simple as an apology. <clears throat> right. That's it. The other thing, I don't know, you probably have this in there, so I'm probably overstepping you, but um, I, I know for me, when when I'm coming to someone in a vulnerable place, I'm saying, okay, what am I afraid of? What's my fear? Yep. And if whatever my fear is, I'll bring that with me. I'll say, look, I'm really going to be vulnerable with you right now. I have something to tell you. My fear is that you're going to do blah, blah, blah. Yes. So please accept this vulnerable moment. Yes. That way it's, it's you've already like yeah. prefaced that, look, I'm about to open up here and I really want you to not do it come back at me this way well and it's so funny it's like I will have clients all the time or students who will say I'm I have this friend that I want to tell her this but I'm so afraid that she's gonna think I feel this way and I'm like <laughs> then say that then, say that. then just use that as a precursor yeah and say I have something I want to run by you just like you said my biggest fear is you're gonna think I'm not grateful for you or my biggest fear is that you're gonna think I don't this or I am whatever say it same thing with your spouse I am terrified that you're going to shut down and run away my request of you is just to hear me out like you just have to say it so the other thing the other piece of this which might be a little bit easier for you is gratitude so if somebody anybody in your life feel or has done something that you're truly thankful for express gratitude just saying thank you like a genuine thank you like maybe somebody covered a shift for you or took care of something at work so that you could have the day off or spend time with your children or maybe your kids you know tried to make you dinner or something like that genuinely expressing what something meant to you is hugely vulnerable for sure. You know, and that's that's so simple. Yeah. So you can very easily start with owning your shit or apologizing or gratitude. Hey, that really meant a lot to me, especially with your partners, because most of the time we're very easy to nitpick all the shit we don't like and that we're not happy about. But we overstep all of the things that they actually are doing, that we actually are grateful for. And that's a huge, huge element of vulnerability it's a gateway yeah. it's an entryway to start becoming more vulnerable and so the next kind of piece of that is to start tallying and gathering evidence of all the times you're vulnerable and all hell doesn't break loose of the times that you're vulnerable and someone accepts your apology of the times you're vulnerable and they are lit up by your gratitude start changing your perception of what uh, vulnerability means exactly mm -hmm. especially if you've identified that you equate it with weakness or pain right. start telling the times when it's not painful when it's beautifully uniting, when you experience more intimacy with that best friend of yours, tally that shit and start writing it down because that is what starts changing what we believe 
And then the final little piece is uh, start telling the truth. So when somebody says to you, how are you doing? Instead of saying something like, oh, everything's amazing. And you're having the hardest day. Just, just, just to vulnerably say, you know what? I'm not at my best today. I'm going through some stuff, but I really appreciate you asking. That is vulnerable. It's true. That interaction with that person, guaranteed, is going to be so much more intimate than that that barriered up, sure, I'm good. How are you? What are we talking about? Surface level relationships. So that's just an example. And it might not be everybody you want to be vulnerable with, but start telling the truth about how you feel. I, I have been doing that with clients uh, because I, I've been to other therapists or other places where you can see that that's, they're like, I'm doing great. Yeah. So what can we do for you today? You know, that it, yeah, it's yeah. so fake that it already sets me up like, okay, this is just a customer client relationship. Right. right? It's transactional. Transactional. Yeah. Right. But I, I, I've said, to my clients, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing my best today, but together we're going to get through this. Right. I'm going to give you everything I got right. or, you know, something because my fear is that if I give that vulnerability, they're going to think that they're not getting their money's worth. Right. Right. Yes. But, but the uh, reality is that it, it opens up a vulnerable space and allows them to open up more. That's exactly right. And then they get more than their money's worth because they've let that vulnerability out. And because you have a trust with your practitioner. Yeah. Like when you can trust that other person, that is intimate. But you have to be vulnerable in order to cultivate trust. And the same applies in your every other day, every day relationships. That's exactly right. Anyway. So I hope that this has been helpful. And again, you know, if you're interested in digging into more of this stuff and you need somebody who'll be vulnerable with you, I mean, I have definitely cried with my clients before. Mm-hmm. I've gotten pissed <laughs> with my clients before. And um, it's because emotion will breed that other emotion. Yeah. If you guard up, you will naturally breed guarding up from other people. It's just energy. It's how energy works. So anyway, if you want to make some shifts, if you're even just curious about it, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash coaching again only actually two spots that I can can take on at the moment so I would be most honored to be a part of your journey and I think that's everything anything else you want to add I think our new safe word is going to be antelope (laughs) antelope it is on that note we will see you around these parts next week here is to loving and living your most badass life Mr. and Mrs. Smith out